Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. We are having our kindergarten through fifth graders in with us during the second hour. So uh, some of my illustrations are for younger students, but maybe, maybe the adults can keep up too. If you have one quarter horse that's going to pull a weight, uh, they have measured some horses can pull up to 8,000 pounds. Just one horse. So when you have a car that has horsepower, I mean, do you really need a car with 350 horsepower? Well, yes. The answer is yes. One horse, 8,000 pounds. So what do you think the amount is if you harness two horses together? Well, what do you think the amount is for two horses to pull? Anybody want to guess? 16,000 is a great guess, but it is just wrong. And here's why. They have found that two horses working together don't pull 16,000. They pull three times the amount of one horse, 24,000 pounds. And horses that are trained can pull four times that amount. Two horses trained together can pull 32,000 pounds. So three times 24,000, four times 32,000, uh, which, which would be better, one horsepower or two working together? Two working together. We are talking about habits that draw us closer together. Today we're going to talk about how we need to commit to community. Two are better than one. We need to commit to community because of the physical and spiritual benefits. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that we have this opportunity to learn from your word today, that we have this opportunity to learn and gain knowledge about how you want us to live life together with you and with each other. So Lord, I ask that you would take that knowledge and move it from our head to our heart, make it a part of us so that we would actively pursue habits that allow us to spend time with Jesus and grow spiritually. We want to be transformed by your spirit, Lord. So we ask today that you would send more of your spirit to fill us up again and change us from the inside out. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We started this series a couple weeks ago. It is habits that allow us to draw closer to Jesus. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more he will change us. If you want to change, you're going to have to spend time with Jesus. And so we started looking at those habits. Those habits, uh, we, we did some letters, S-C-P-S-C-D. Study scripture, commit to community, prioritize prayer, seek solitude, choose church, and develop disciples. Last week, we started when, uh, with Jacob. He uh, looked at how we should study scripture. Now, studying scripture is our foundation for all our other habits. It builds on this foundation, and we don't want to stay small like a bonsai tree. We don't want to hinder our growth, but we want to grow. Well, one of the greatest ways to grow uh, beyond Scripture is a community of believers. 
There's, there's, no greater, there's no greater predictor of who you are going to become in the future than who you're hanging out with now. Committing to community is so valuable for our growth. So I'm not talking about a large group gathering. I'm actually talking about a small group of people that you can grow together with, that you can trust, that you can share your struggles with. And we all need this, and we all need it to grow. In fact, there is a psychologist named David Benner, Christian psychologist. He's written several books on the walk in Christian faith. And he said, if you are not growing with someone, you're probably not growing at all. Scripture seems to indicate this too. And the scripture we're going we're gonna to just investigate a little bit today, it's, it's all through scripture, but the one we're going to look at today specifically is Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Here is what this passage says. Now, some of these are real obvious, will be real obvious why it's valuable, but I want to look at the spiritual and physical benefits. And this passage mentions the physical ones. Ecclesiastes Chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overtowered, overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I think there are physical and spiritual benefits to be found here. Now we have to stretch a little bit to see the spiritual ones, but I think they're really here. I think they're really here. In fact, I think throughout Scripture, Jesus is always showing us that the physical and the spiritual go together. There are four benefits that I find in this passage, and you could have probably picked them out too. It is so easy to understand. A harvest, help, warmth, and defense. Harvest, help, warmth, and defense. The first one, harvest. Two are better, one, better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Well, that makes sense. If two people are planting seeds, uh, you're going to have a, a uh, you're going to be more efficient in your work, and you're going to have uh, more, hopefully, more yield on your harvest. Just the other day, Ed, our facilities manager, he uh, took a vacation day so he could go plant his garden. Well, the reason why he chose that day to plant his garden is because his daughter was going to be home from work, and she could help him. And she loves to garden, too. Well, don't you know, don't, doesn't that make sense that if you are planting a garden Having two people work together is going to be faster than one. My dad would always try to take me out in the garden, and I never really liked it that much. And, you know, I don't know that I helped him all that much, but I learned how to till the soil. I learned how to plant the seed. And we went back after the appropriate amount of time, and we began to harvest the work of our labor. And don't you know, it was, it was a good harvest because we were working together. Well, I, I think this goes along with our spiritual life as well. Jesus, he, he was committed to community. He spent time in communion with the Father. He spent time in community with three really, really close friends, Peter, James, and John. Three times in Scripture, Jesus went by himself and he took Peter, James, and John with him, no other people with him. One was for Jairus' daughter he raised from the dead. He took Peter, James, and John to watch, to learn, to be in that community, to 
to show them what he was about in a more personal way. He took them uh, up on the mountaintop where he was transfigured before them and he revealed the glory that he had hidden behind his humanity. It was just Peter, James, and John. And don't you think that that probably warmed their soul? And then when on the night he was betrayed, he took all 12 of his disciples with him. He said, pray with me. But he went a little further and he took Peter, James, and John with him, teaching them all, all about this community. When he sent them out, in Luke chapter 9, he sent out the 12, two by two. In Luke chapter 10, he had done a bunch of miracles. More people had been attracted to follow him because they were believing that he was the Messiah. And now he sent out 72, two by two. This is Luke chapter 10. This is how it says, after this, the Lord Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lamb among wolves. Jesus practiced this principle from the scripture of two is better than one. And he practiced it not only in the physical realm where he had people around him committed to community, but he also combined it with the spiritual. He sent them two by two to go preach the good news of Jesus, to preach that repentance for the forgiveness of sins is essential, to preach about Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, this is the only place in all of scripture that it tells us Jesus was filled with joy. The 72 came back to him and they said, Master, you're not going to believe it. We've healed the sick and we've cast out demons. This is incredible. They, even the forces of the spiritual realm are bowing to us. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were blessed to do. Jesus was filled with joy that his disciples were getting it. But they were, he was filled with joy because they were in the labor together. And they were having a bountiful return on their harvest. Two is better than one. Because they have a great return for their labor. And this happens both physically and spiritually. I have a a mentor, Dr. David Roadcup, and he meets with discipleship groups. And he has six to eight to 10, sometimes as many as 12 men, but no more than 12, that he meets with weekly for 10 months. And they have a responsibility, and I think we should maybe consider this if we want to grow in our faith. Their responsibility is to read at least one chapter of Scripture a day Write down what God is teaching them from that passage of Scripture. What is God wanting me to learn today from just this passage? And then where is God telling me to obey just from this passage? What is he telling me to do? And then when they gather back together, these men who have covenanted together, they've written a contract together, they report back to each other what they wrote. What did God teach them and what were they told to obey? And then they, hold, then they ask the real tough question. See, the real tough question is not how much scripture have you read. 
It's are you being transformed by the scripture that you read? The real tough question is, are you growing in joy and peace? Are you growing in grace? Are you being able to offer forgiveness more often? Where are, is the scripture changing you? And at the end of those 10 months, those men go out in twos and start new discipleship groups. Dr. Roadcup travels the world. He teaches in Vienna, Austria at TCMI Institute. It's the only uh, university that has an uh, American accreditation, USA accredited coursework that's not in the United States. He also teaches here in the States, travels all over, and he said he has traveled to some conventions. He gets up to speak. When he finished speaking, somebody will come up to him and say, I wanted to meet my spiritual grandpa. And he says, well, who discipled you? And they'll tell him a name. And he'll say, yep, I discipled that person. And that person went ahead and discipled somebody else. He said it's happened one time before where somebody came up to him and said, I wanted to meet my spiritual great-grandpa. And he said, well, who discipled you? And the guy told him a name. He said, I've never heard of that name. He said, well, he was discipled by so-and-so. And Dr. Rokup said, oh, yeah, I discipled him. See, when we're working together, we have a great return on our harvest. A great return for our labor. This happens in the physical realm. We can easily see it, but it also happens in the spiritual realm. And we need to be pursuing. There is no greater joy. Jesus was full of joy in the Holy Spirit. No greater joy than when you become a spiritual grandparent. You have trained a disciple to go make a disciple. Two are better than one. The second point is help. Well, when one falls down, if somebody's there with them, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10, some, somebody can help them up. Well, this makes sense. This makes sense. I mean, physically it makes sense. But how many times have we been depressed or battled something emotionally where we need somebody to spiritually pick us up? And how many times have we entered into that season of life where we needed somebody and they weren't there? See, we must commit to community, and when we do, we're going to have the people around us that have our best interests at heart, that are moving us toward Christ, not pulling us away. Examine your friends. If your friends are moving you away from Jesus, they're not really going to be there to help you up when you get down physically or emotionally. We need to commit to community so that we can build each other up. Right now, Jacob blouse he plays the guitar up here he's our online minister and sometimes he preaches in my place and and uh man i get jealous every time he preaches i have to go back and learn how to preach again because i'm afraid he's doing better than me he's he's traveling in south america right now with keith dimbath from lifeline christian mission that's one of our missionaries that we support we support lifeline christian mission he's in guatemala right now and he sent me a picture i I'm, I'm i apologize i don't have the picture up here i have it on my phone of, he said, this is a pastor here in Guatemala. His name is Brian. You can't see that, but I have it. He said, Brian says, we work really hard at building community here because we have to rely on one another for our physical needs. And he said, as we rely on one another for our physical needs and we learn how to help each other, it is actually training us to rely on God, get this, to rely on God to provide for us through our friends. Isn't that how God often works? He provides for us through the people we are closest to. 
We must commit to community for both the physical and spiritual benefits. Verse 11, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, if, if one lies down alone, you're going to be cold, but if two lie down together, they can be warm. I'm reminded of a story of an older couple. They had been married 40 years. They were falling asleep one night, and she kind of turned away from him and said, you know, when we were younger, 25, 30 years ago, you used to hold my hand while we were in bed. He just kind of gingerly reaches his hand across the bed and holds her. He says, she said, you know, when we were younger, you used to, you know, lean up against me at night, cuddle me and, and keep me warm. He rolls over and grabs her and holds her close. She said, you know, when we were younger, you used to nibble on my ear. And he throws the cover off, gets up, walks. She goes, where are you going? He goes, I got to go get my teeth. (laughs) Listen, two together, two together. If you get close enough to one another, you can provide warmth, physical warmth. But doesn't this happen spiritually too? Don't you imagine when Jesus, Jesus was on that mountaintop and he was transfigured before them, he began to glow with the glory that only he has. Don't you think that warmed their hearts spiritually? Don't you think Peter, James, and John were forever changed by that experience? Now, initially, they didn't know what to think. Initially, they didn't know what to do. Peter even initially said something stupid. He said, Jesus, we need to build an altar for Moses and Elijah and for you. And Jesus said, no, we're not going to do that. But it was only later, after his resurrection, that they recognized that they were seeing the Son of God in their midst. Well, don't you know that when we are together in a spiritual group committed to community, our community of believers can warm our souls too. Every person in here, every disciple of Jesus, not just a disciple of Jesus, every person needs needs deep down inside of us, someone who knows us, cares for us. Now, let's reverse it. Someone who cares for us, and they know us, and they know us so well that we are still warmed because they still love us in spite of what they know about us. We need a safe person and a safe group of community where we can share our struggles and have them warm our soul so that we can be transformed from the inside out. Knowledge and practices... Knowledge and practices by themselves will not transform you, although they're important. Bible knowledge is important, but Bible knowledge alone will not transform you. In fact, Paul warns us against having Bible knowledge that just puffs us up and makes us think we're more important than we really are. There's a story about a man who was going off to a seminar to learn how to better take care of his family scripturally. And the wife says, you know, I I really need you to stay home and help this weekend. We've got a ton of stuff. We've got company to come. He goes, no, I've got to go to the seminar to learn how to help take care of you. See, knowledge can puff us up, but love builds us up. And we need that community of believers that will care for us, learn about us, and be a safe place to share our struggles, and will still love us 
regardless of what they find out. Isn't it good when we get to meet together and maybe learn a little bit of something? We, we're, we're working towards, striving toward that community. I met with uh, the teenagers that are leading our worship today, and we had communion. And you know, they, they, they had prayer requests. Kathy, our stage manager, has got a new grandbaby coming. She wants that grandbaby to be healthy. We have students that are going to be tested or be in an interview or have friends that are struggling. You know, we, we get to pray for one another. We only find that out in community. And when you do that together, it warms our souls. You know, there's physical and there's spiritual. I, it's just so valuable. If you don't have a community of believers a small group, uh, look me up either after church today or call me during the week. It is so important for your spiritual growth. Uh, Dr. Roadcup, that man I was telling you, he came in a couple of years ago and, and preached for us and led us in. He said, he doesn't think you can be saved if you're not in a small group. Now, I, I don't agree with him on that, and I think he was saying a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it is very difficult to grow if you're not in a relationship that is helping you grow in Christ. Two are better than one. They have a good return on their labor. Somebody falls down, they can be helped up. If you're cold, you can be warmed. And finally, verse 12, defense. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. We've we've grown up in the church, we've heard this before. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We can encourage each other, I think, in a large group gathering, but there is something more encouraging about being in that little community of believers where everybody is pulling for each other. We just experienced it in our communion time. And I would say that our communion time today was even more heartwarming and encouraging than the communion time we took last week. Because we were together with people. I do have a demonstration I was going to use with some students in the second hour. Do we have a, any strong students that could help me on stage real quick? Somebody who's really strong and think they're kind of full of themselves. I'm looking at you two boys over here, but maybe... I just need one helper to conclude our message time. I'm going to have you karate chop some paper. It, it can be anyone. Now, this is not regular paper. There's a little bit of a coating on this paper. But I, do, I can use an adult, too, if there's an adult that risk, dare risk. But in the second hour, we're going to have more students. I think, think, I was sure, think I'll be able to do it with more. Yeah? Coming up? All right. Thank you. Oh, man, the biggest guy on here. No, you can. Oh, God. Oh, man. All right, come on. Okay, so uh, this is a piece of paper. I have other strands of paper, but I just, I just want you to now feel it. it. It is paper, but there's a coating yeah, yeah, on it, right? Yeah, so do you think you can karate chop that in half? Like if I hold it out and you just like right through there? I'm not sure. That would be fine. <laughs> don't, don't go toward me. Go, go toward the... I doubt it. Ah. Oh, there you go. No problem. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Very impressive. Now, I have more of that piece of paper. Now, a cord, it says in the scripture, a cord of three strands 
is not easily broken. What do you think? I think, you, I think the scripture's right. <laughs> no truer words could be spoken. All right. We'll try it here. Oh, well. Way to ruin the illustration. Oh, my bad. My bad. Look at that. Clap for him. Was it more difficult or the it was same? More difficult. All right, let me try again. Let me try again. Maybe, maybe this time you won't. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, okay, okay. All right, go. No, harder, harder. Do it as hard as you can. Well, I was going to have him fail and then have Carrie fail, but uh, listen, it says it's not easily broken. It doesn't say it can't be broken. Correct. Nice work. Everybody clap for him. He did a great job. Carrie, you would have chopped through it too. Thank you for coming up. So remind me, second hour, to get a littler kid. <laughs> oh, I was so looking forward to the impact of that illustration. <laughs> it's true though. He was right. He, scripture's right. Cord of three strands is not easily broken. You know, when we are in community together, that's when we're going to grow, but it's also going to be when we're lifted up and we're going to be able to keep going. It is so difficult, so difficult to finish well, to finish with faithful endurance. Together, unlike my illustration, you will be stronger than if you have to do it alone. Again, I, 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 cannot, I cannot emphasize the importance of a group enough. I've been at this church for 13 years. The first couple of years were a little rough for me. I had some interpersonal conflict with um, some friends of mine. And I have a group of pastors I meet with and we pray together every week. I think they saved my ministry because they were pulling for me and they knew about me and yet they still love me anyway. Jesus is the same way. If you don't have a group, I, I really do want you, we will find you a group to be with. And if you don't know Christ, you don't have that third strand that's going to help hold you up, that's going to warm your spirit, and it's going to keep you going all the way to the finish line. We want to help you find Jesus too. We want to take whatever the best next step for you to grow spiritually is. So find somebody close to you find somebody that you just took communion with, ask them, hey, what's my next step? Here's where I'm at. Come find me, make an appointment with me, any of our elders, any of our staff, we want to help you take the next best step. And, and, and you, have to, you have to take that step to find it. You have to make that commitment to community to grow spiritually. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.